0: and welcome to Story U Talk Radio. I am delighted to spend this hour with you, and I just want to thank you for reserving some time to spend with me as we talk about the stories you live by and, my dear hope, the stories you are writing for your book, your blog, your podcast, whatever it is you are out there creating I come to you live every Thursday, 4 o'clock Pacific time and 7 o'clock Eastern time. And then we offer you a replay on course show every Friday morning for your commute. Are you back to a commute? If you are Pacific time zone, that's a little on the early side, 6 a.m and Eastern Time, that's 9 a.m. You can also subscribe to the podcast, which is available to you the following day, and you can do that at Apple or uh, SoundCloud or Podcast One or whatever your favorite one is. I would be delighted to have you as a subscriber And I would be really delighted if you just felt like typing up a few words of review. It just might benefit me and you in some wonderful way. Let's try it out and see. So thank you so much for being with me today. If you were with me last week, we opened up this topic of finding your place in the spotlight. I don't recall exactly if I had shared it with you, but I had just watched this movie called The Social Dilemma. And it was a very controversial movie. And it came to you from the voices of those who work very hard in the background at Amazon and Google and perhaps Twitter and the others. And here's one important fact I learned from that documentary. Two of the people that work in high-level places in the background admitted in the movie that they do not allow their children to engage in social media in any way until they are of 18 years of age. And I went, oh, there is more concern around the spotlight than I had really paid much attention to. So we brought you just a little introduction to this topic because I think we're living in an age where we at least feel like we're being examined every single moment. And maybe that did grow out of social media, but I I can tell you I feel it. Much more today than I felt it, say, 10 years ago. And I don't even know if I really felt it 20 years ago. I don't don't really know. And I didn't have social media then. So um, it makes you think. It just makes you think how are we responding to this whole notion of becoming a writer, being someone who's creative? And expressive, and dealing with the fact that we feel like we're under some bright spotlight all the time. Usually, that's a pretty uncomfortable feeling. So, then that makes me wonder is it necessary? Is it necessary to be in the spotlight so much? Or if, in fact, we don't have as much control that we're in the spotlight, how might we be a little more intentional? So we got into some ideas last week around that. Let's go a little further. What do you say? Today, I really want to talk to you about this notion that you can be ageless while you are watched. Mm, Ageless. Now, let's not be shy here. I mean, I often give away my age. I am 27. No, I am 50. Ouch. Six. Yes. I just had a birthday. That is my real age. And you know why it's important to me to remember my age? Because every now and then I forget, you know, like here, side note, my baby brother, he turned 50 last year. So I knew that that meant I was no longer 50 since there's six years between us. But it sort of shocked me because I, I hadn't been really keeping up with where exactly my age was until he asked if I was going to have a blowout party for him since he was turning 50. And my response was, yeah, well, when you get there, we can talk about it. And then I realized it was a week away. So, you know, by staying on top of this, I am at a particular age, I also get to decide what works for me at my age. And I used to handle that a little differently. I used to think there's certain things that a woman who's 56 just shouldn't do. I mean, she should attend to the height or length of her skirt. And now I'm not bothered by that. There are certain things that a woman of my age should and should not say. Well, yeah, I watch that. I watch that to a certain extent and I find places where I can be a little more free and I find places where I need to tighten that up a little bit. But when you know you're ageless, and I do believe I am ageless, what you start to tap into are these ideas of how am I going to take care of my mood? and still be creative? How am I going to take care of my perspective on life, on situation, and still be creative? How might I take care of my mm, general opinion and still be creative? How might I show up and not sabotage myself? sabotage others and still be creative? How might I make plans and still be creative? And then I think at some point we should get to what I call the deadly three, and that is how am I going to deal with time, money, and education or the lack of any of that and still be creative? I think those three haunt many of us, that we're not as creative as we want to be because we feel that a lack of time, a lack of money, a lack of education is holding us back. But I really believe this, if we think we're being held back, we have entered into some sort of realm of aging that doesn't really belong to us. Aging is something that happens when we are losing sense of life and aliveness. But to be ageless, that's to turn it all around. And that's what I believe in turning around the age. Because 56 doesn't bother me today. It sure as heck bothered me when I was 49, and I didn't know what it was yet like to step into those five O's and up. But I've been here a little while, and it's fine. And I actually really like it. So, in a way, I have made my age an ageless situation. And I want you to do that with your writing and with your expression. I want you to find that by taking really good care of yourself, you're not aging, you're becoming ageless. And I have to thank some friends that really moved me in the direction of thinking more this way. One person, very, very famous Maya Angelou, she and her writing and her ability to stand so strong, so tall, so able, and be above what we might call retirement years, and still share her voice, her love for literature, her idea for all of us to be free, all of us to be free. I know she spoke loud and confidently for black rights movements, but I heard in that that she was really embracing all. And I really, really felt very moved by her writing. Closer to home, someone that I would like to credit this idea to is a teacher of mine who went on to, uh, his name is Alan Cohen, and he is with Hay House authors, publishers, and he went on to create a brand for life coaches that really helps you coach anyone in any area where they are lacking confidence or, as he so brilliantly puts it, lacking the ability to have a true perspective on themselves. I find that to be a really ageless concept. And I also want to thank my dear friend Annette Bond, who is in the neighborhood. She's local here. She's a dear friend. She's my business bestie. But she's also a renowned image consultant. And one of the things she started to help me understand was that if I could match my identity with the radiance I wanted to feel within me, I wouldn't be so caught up in what is right to wear and what is wrong to wear. I would lean more into how I feel as a woman wearing what I like to wear, and I would find my radiance in the day and in in, anywhere I go. So you have people that have inspired you as well. They have inspired you perhaps because they're people at the gym that want to help you understand how ageless you can be in your skin. There might be people that are at your workplace that you think, wow, they're still going really, really, really strong at a grandparent's or older age, how is it they're doing that? How is it that they find so much aliveness and they inspire you? Or maybe you have people that are your favorite authors, as I do, who inspire you daily to think about what does it mean to be alive and cultivate words that inspire others. It's a lot of fun, I gotta say, it's a lot of fun to bring words to a radio show. But I just want to remind you, in case you don't have a radio show, that you can use your words while you're sitting on the bus next to someone who looks sad, or while you're in the next cubicle to someone who feels defeated, or when your phone rings and it's your bestie calling, and you're thinking, oh, I don't know if I have time now. What if you do have 10 minutes or so to be that ageless, creative, inspiring one who shares a few words? I want to tell you, I, I was curious as I was thinking about this notion of being ageless, and I thought, I wonder what is the recorded age of someone who published late, late, late in life. And my guess where I would have put money down was that uh, Louise Hay, who started her publishing company at the age of 60, I thought she, she might be it, or at least in the running. I know that Wayne Dyer was still publishing his books Uh, When he was in his 80s. I believe 83 was his age when his last book came out. But anyway, I went and I Googled it, because I know it's accepted in this day and age. And what I found out was that there was this lovely lady from the UK named Bertha Wood. And as it turns out, in 2005, she published her memoir. And somewhere around here, I wrote it down. I can't seem to find it right. Oh, here it is. It's called Fresh Air and Fun. It came out in 2005. Now, she started writing that book 10 years earlier in 1995. Now, here's what I find so interesting. She calls this book a collection of her memoirs. She started writing it when she was 90, and she had it published on her 100th birthday. Now, I would say that's just a little bit risky because, yeah, I just told you my age. I don't know if I'm going to make it to 100. I don't know if I would wait to 100 to publish my first book, and I don't know if she was actually waiting. What if, actually, she was deciding? What if at 90, she was feeling a sort of agelessness about recording her memoirs, you know, basically her memories, and putting any creative description to it? And what if that just naturally took her 10 years to do? And what if, maybe six months before her birthday, she made the plan, to publish that book. What if? If that is so, my goodness, I think she is the most ageless woman in the history of publishing her own personal memoir. She was at least the most ageless woman I could find when I googled it. Now, I'm not saying that you need to start when you're 90. In fact, I don't know that I want to encourage that to be the time you start. But if you are starting today, or if you have been at your creative expression for some time, I want you to wrap your arms around the idea that you are ageless, that you can acquire a deeper perspective about yourself and let it give life to you, because my friends, that is the secret of being ageless. Can you wrap your head around what I'm talking about today? I sure hope so. I have more, but first I need to take just a little break. If you'd like to write to me and continue this conversation, just send me a little note. CoachDebbie.com is my website. Actually, I can't get a note there. Why don't you write me an email, Debbie at gmail.com. Debbie is D-E-B-B-Y, Debbie at gmail.com. I look forward to your email and right now, just a quick break.
1: Hey, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m., right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. Easy on the ears, good for the soul. Alternative Talk 1150.
0: welcome back my friends and thank you so much for joining me for this episode of story you talk radio we're talking about the idea that you are an ageless author and my hope is that this gives you a little comfort if you've been thinking that you're running out of time or that you don't write you don't have the money yet or you first want to go and study something a lot of people that come to me bring up that they don't feel that time is on their side. They don't feel that they have the money yet to go forward with publishing. And I I hate to break it to a lot of people if you didn't know this, but the self-publishing and indie publishing world does require a little bit of money, a few thousand dollars, if not more. And a a biggie is that people want to acquire more research, more education. They want to be a better writer before they let the world know, hey, I'm a writer, but I don't want you to know yet because I want to be a better writer before you know I'm a writer. And they get caught in that funny hamster wheel of, I'm the only one who gets to know I'm a writer. And someday, when I'm a great writer, others can know. This is how we start to age as writers. It's it's that we're not really having the opportunity to express, and we're not really giving life to our writing. So I want to talk to you about some ways that you might start to give a little more life to your writing. One is that you might think about who it is that inspires you as opposed to those that cause you to feel triggered or competitive or self-sabotaging or, or just in any way down and bad. You are someone who writes because you feel some sense of joy from it. I have a dear colleague who once said to me, if I had known at 20 all that I would publish by 40, I might have leaped right ahead. And she is a woman who has made incredible uh, strides for education. She has published six books for education. I believe four of them were co-authored. And she has made incredible differences, especially in bilingual cultures. She's someone that loves writing. And at 20, she was learning English. By 30, she was speaking fluently English, Spanish, and Portuguese. And by 40, she had written and co-authored six books. To her, it was a delight. It was a delight to take her experience and put it in writing. Now, a lot of us get in our own way, and her name is Beatrice, and one of the things I remember about Beatrice is that she was a little worried About writing in English because, as she put it, I don't know all the rules. Well, that is a very, very common thing, even for the person who has been speaking English since they were a year old. It's even something that writing teachers worry about. It's even something that prolific authors worry about. Why? Because we're, we're natural at wondering if the guy sitting next to us is doing a better job than we are. We're natural at searching things out on social media to see who, who is doing well and how did they do it? And could I do it just like them so that I don't suffer? Don't think that I'm impervious to this. Not at all. There's nothing worse than finding myself in some sort of social media little rabbit hole where I feel triggered because somebody's doing something creative in the world that I haven't done yet. That's how it all begins. So to be ageless, we need to think about some of the environments we allow into our own life or that we go to. For example, late at night, I try to keep my phone in a different room. I find sometimes late at night, if I pick up my phone and I just check a little email, or I check to see if someone texted me, or I just check to see if there's anything pretty on Instagram, that lo and behold, I will run into something that just isn't fun. It just isn't creative. It feels competitive. And I can tell you this, late at night, we don't have the same capacity to ward off our reaction to things that don't really serve us. I'm not really suggesting that you live in a bubble, but I am suggesting that you Think about the fact that we are vulnerable at certain hours of the day and we are vulnerable in certain environments that aren't really welcoming to us. And if you're like me and you pick up the phone every now and then late at night, you do a little scrolling, that can really get in the way of how you're going to start your next day. You're going to feel a heaviness and you might feel some of those backbreaking feelings that we associate with aging, as opposed to the lightness and the sleepfulness and the creative spark that we associate with being ageless. You know, another thing that I find really, really helpful to stay ageless And I know for a lot of you, this is not a popular idea, so just hang on tight. It's to journal before you do your writing for publication. Why? Because your journaling is allowed to go anywhere. You can moan and do other things. You can grovel. You can celebrate. You can be angry. You can be sad you can be surprised in your journal. No one's watching. Opposite of what we were talking about last week, being under the spotlight, your journal is private. I encourage you to make sure you always keep it private. Always. It serves you well to have a place to go to that is so private. And let me tell you some things that come From taking just a little bit of time to do some writing just with yourself. One is that you're allowed to be moody with a journal. Now, we often talk about the characteristic of being crotchety alongside with being an old man. I know I have criticized a man or two or 20 in my day, and I have put the word crotchety in the same sentence with their name. I know it's not nice, but it is one of those ways that we describe aging. But what we're really saying is, hey there old man, you seem to be a little moody. And we think of being moody as being one who ages, as opposed to being one who's really in touch with how they feel, taking care of how you feel, noticing any patterns or changes in how you feel. A journal gives you that. A journal is a great way to start adapting to how you want to feel, to where you want to go with your future, Because as you go into your future and as you allow yourself to be more and more creative, I think what you're going to find is that you feel more and more ageless. Now, let's not just pick on men. I have heard some nasty comments in terms of how women age. I'm not going to say any of them on the radio because they're so nasty but you know what they are. And don't we associate that with, what is a word I could say on the radio? How about being bitter? Yeah. There was a woman I knew when she was, oh, oh, maybe 45. And I was a little kid. It's hard to gauge when you're a little kid because there's you know, there's little kids like you, and then there's teenagers, and then there's twenty-year-olds, and then there's old people. And you know, a child thinks anyone thirty to seventy is the same age. So I don't really have a great gauge on this, but I remember this woman. She lived in our apartment building, and I, just looking back, I'm I'm gonna guess she was probably forty-five. We treated her like she was 145. And my dad and my mother would call her fancy pants. Not a nice term. And this woman, she dressed the way she wanted to dress. She was bold. If you are of the age to know who Phyllis Diller is, she was like a young Phyllis Diller. She did what she wanted; She said what she wanted. But you know what? I noticed, even as a really young kid, that she didn't, she didn't like men. And she didn't speak well of men. And when my parents were referring to her as the fancy pants, they were, in a way, saying that our neighbor was quite bitter. One thing I did notice about her is that in the time we lived there, she seemed to be aging. Later, I would learn that she was sick, but she seemed to be someone that was gaining more and more age quicker than the other so-called old people in my life. And when we lose our perspective, when we're having a hard time dealing with our own mood when we have nowhere to take that sometimes a little bit of sickness if not more moves in for whatever reasons i find that even when even when i think i just don't have time for my journal it pays off so well to just give myself 15 20 minutes, half an hour to continue that dialogue with myself because I I really do believe it is the connection to my creativity. Without having a journal, my creativity goes down. My aging kind of turns up and that's not the direction any of us want to go. As our years increase, I think it is a wonderful challenge to stay in the game of seeing how might I be more and more ageless. I want to encourage you that a journal is a great way to go. Think for a minute about the things you love to write about. Maybe you love to write about health and nutrition, just like my past client, Kelsey, Maybe you love to write about image and style, like my friend Annette. Maybe you love to write about music, like my friend Don. Maybe you are caught up in writing about family values, like my client Rose. Maybe what really, really excites you to write about is recovery, because you have completely embraced that road, like my friend Carla it doesn't matter the topic. If you are embracing it, if you are with it, you are on the road of agelessness because creating is bringing in the new. It can't help but have an impact on you. You know, think about too some of those people in your life that you think of as wise you don't put those nasty words with them, do you? You don't say she's bitter and wise. You don't say he's cranky and an old codger and wise. No, they're usually separated. The ones that are getting bitter, the old codger over there, they're the ones that are in some way aging. It's kind of sad that they're not realizing how agelessness could be something they could start right now, right now, by just embracing what does it look like to have more of a relationship with my mood, with my emotions, with my psyche, some of you know I have been writing in a journal since I was 10 years old. That is 46 long years. And I, I think I get better and better at it all the time in that I'm less and less afraid. In fact, there was once a time when I thought I would absolutely roll off the next bridge if someone ever found my journal. And guess what? When I was 16 years old, the next door neighbor not only sought it out, I won't say she found it, she went looking for it, and she read it, and she told my folks some personal details in there. And you know what? I'm still alive. I'm still going. At 16, I didn't think I would be, but at this day and age, I've come to have A relationship with myself that allows me to accept me. If someone was to read my most personal stuff, I wouldn't like it, but I would go on. And that's one of the attitudes that comes after a long time of being with yourself. You find you're a little more resilient. And if that's not a quality of agelessness, I don't know what is. What do you find to be the qualities you want to put your arms around? What do you want to do when you express your own agelessness? I want to encourage you to write into me. You can do that. Oh, looks like someone's trying to call me. You can't do that. You have to call the radio station. So the number is one eight 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 two nine eight. Five five six nine. It's true, even if you know me and you know my phone number, I'm I'm so sorry. I can't take your call. We can't do it that way. You gotta call the radio station. 1-888-298-5569. I would love to take your call, take your little note. Right now, I'm gonna take a little break, but I'll be right back.
1: Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m., right here on Alternative Talk 1150, raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. Find our app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and take us with you wherever you go. Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150.
0: Welcome back to Story U Talk Radio. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about being ageless because you have the right to be creative every single day of your life. Even if you live to be 125, you have the right to be ageless, to let whatever comes to you be a part of you and to Experience it like a young person. This can be really, really hard to do if we get away from our own self. In the past couple of years, many of us have been at home dealing with that thing that I don't even like to talk about anymore. We've been masked up, we've had to find ways to cope. And I can tell you, I I have experienced a certain sadness for those that have been inside and have acquired things that have taken them deeply into an aging process as opposed to more of an ageless process. I think isolation and quarantines at some point start to breed that feeling that we are declining Instead of creating, but I can tell you today, in this live show today, in this city of Seattle today, the sun is bright. We are allowed to be outside without a mask if we are so many feet away from each other. There is a day in the next month where we're going to be able to put away our masks, we're going to be able to try more creative expression around each other that has been closed off. And for whatever reasons, we have changed in this time. But what would it be like to imagine going back and cultivating some of that time we lost in an ageless mindset? What would it be like to try that? I want to thank Nancy who tried to call me directly, but we can't do that. Instead, she wrote me this little note for y'all, and she says, Don't you dare tell them my age on the radio show, but can we talk about that thing you said, self-sabotage? How do I know if I am doing that? You know I have not gone public yet with my blog, And I have felt a little, I have felt a little less, don't know this word. Oh, I bet it's charismatic. (laughs) I have felt a little less charismatic in the last few years. Can you help me understand if self-sabotage is some form of aging? Wow, Nancy, that's a really, that's really good. You know, I... I think what you're saying here is that when we're when we're trying to create in a season that does not allow us the freedoms we've known, you know, um, I was just talking about this, um, for example. When when we can't be with uh, family members or functions and we are at home writing, the self-sabotage comes in by thinking that we've just spent too much time with our own words, so why not put it away for a while and do other things? It can come through by saying, that our blog isn't ready when we've got 20 posts that could go out, but we might be telling ourselves that this isn't really the best season for it. Uh, You didn't bring this up, Nancy, but I know we've had conversations where you and some of the others in the group coaching have asked me you know is now the time to make this post or that post would it be accepted what i what i want you to think about is that there's there's so much we don't know about how the general public will accept our words i mean look at me i take a risk every single thursday coming on live i, I can't pop any of my words back in my mouth but I do put a certain amount of attention into being thoughtful and being integrous. And beyond that, Nancy, there, there's really not a lot we can do. We're going to attract people that really like what we're up to and that really don't. But I think what's important is that you find the liveliness as a creator. You know, you, you're you prompting me also, Nancy, to let people know that I I offer group coaching every Friday, and these are to what I call members. If you would like to join us for one or two Friday freebies, I can throw that in. But These are the things we talk about on the Friday call. How is our creativity allowing us to be ageless? How do we manage our creative written expression when we are under the spotlight? How do we use our own words and not feel so inferior because they might not be the words that Ernest Hemingway was using? How do we just be ourselves? How do we grow as writers? How do we know if we're any good? These are some of the things that Nancy has asked and the other people in the group have asked. But getting particular with your question, Nancy, I just want you to know that self-sabotage is it's almost a shame word it's it's something that we we sort of shamefully and guiltily tiptoe around we wonder if we're doing it and what we're we're really asking is is now okay for me to express myself is my way okay without having an editor to stamp this piece of copy and tell me it's okay. The more we hang out with others that know we are okay, whether they're in the community or teaching us or reading our posted blogs, the more we accept that we are right where we belong as a writer. I really encourage people to not just have I use the word just, to not just have a one-on-one mentor, but to also take that risk and get involved in communities where you can be sharing some of your writing, but really be sharing conversation and Q&A time so that those questions come out and they become public And you figure out what sort of strategies, what sort of acceptance you need to put to work so that you feel confident about releasing just one blog post at a time. If you have written 20, sometimes we could say, that that's self-sabotaging because now you've put yourself in a situation where you don't know which one should go out first. And if you don't know which one should go out first, maybe none should go out at all. And maybe you should put that off till next year. And yeah, that's that's the rabbit hole to self-sabotage. You want to really turn that around and and honor yourself that you created 20 blog posts. That you did this at whatever age you are at. That you are now ready. You are prepared. You get to decide which one feels best in this current now to go out to the world. Maybe you don't want them to go out to the world. Maybe you want them to go out to a controlled group of readers. Why not just start there? Honoring that type of wisdom is one of the ways that we stay ageless. We really stay in that energy of, I really like myself. I'm really healthy. I know what's best for myself. I like creating. That's something that a seven-year-old would say with no, no fear whatsoever. They would say it while they're sitting there with their Play-Doh. Is Play-Doh still a thing? I think I just aged myself. Is Play-Doh still a thing? They'd be sitting there with their video games, their color crayons, and they would be delighting in the thing they created. I remember as a kid how we would draw pictures, and my brother and I would race to the refrigerator to tape them up there, Anyone could be coming into the house and looking at our pictures on the fridge. And in fact, I would often guide the company to my picture on the fridge because I was so proud of those images I had made to show my mother love. What happened to that? That is an ageless form. But you know what? I have taken enough psychology classes, enough self-improvement classes, enough sociology classes. I have taken enough life coaching classes to really understand that that just ready, open, self-expressive child is inside all of us. Really, the question is, How many layers of old, bitter thinking have we added into our psyche, and we've now aged? We don't want to be that person. But you can take it off one layer at a time. You can remove those layers of thinking that says, I've run out of time. I don't have enough money. I never, never got myself enough education. I don't have enough words. I don't feel good about what I wrote yesterday. I've been locked in for too long. All these ideas that we come up with in our own mind, if you're willing to see them as just old, bitter, crotchety ideas. Ideas, not identity. Ideas. Ideas you can let them go. Now, if they've become a part of your real believed identity, it's going to take just a little more time. You might want to enlist a little help. If you're really believing in these ideas that have aged you and made you feel uncomfortable to express yourself, get some help around that. If you want my help, I'd be happy to talk to you around that. I'd be happy to find out if I'm the right person to help you or if I know someone who is. You can always go to CoachDebbie.com, and Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y, CoachDebbie.com. You can scroll through the pages on my website or just click on Connect. Send me any note you want. I mean, Nancy just sent that lovely note in today, and we had a good talk about how to be ageless instead of being self-sacrificing and self-sabotaging. I'd love to find out where you're at. Maybe you're feeling the heat under the spotlight. Maybe all it is is just this overconsumption of the social medias, and the social sayings, and it doesn't take long to get you back to what your real heart and soul knows about you. If you're in a community, those people are going to reflect it back to you very, very quickly. Again, if you are hungry for a retreat, a class, some one-on-one help, some group coaching, Or if you just enjoy a nice little talk radio show every now and then, why don't you head on over to CoachDebbie.com. I have all sorts of information for you there. And that's what we have for you today. We're going to come back to you next Thursday at 4 o'clock Pacific Time. Always feel free to send me your ideas for the next show. And until then, my friends, namaste.